The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and I'm going to start off with some trivia I found this week because I think it's a bit weird. Uh, having to do with the actress Elizabeth Moss. It turns out that the lead from the recent Invisible Man movie was also the voice of the girl that got kidnapped in the Batman the Animated Series episode See, New, See No Evil, <laughs> where she was kidnapped by an invisible man who turned out to be her dad in the episode. But I heard that this week and went, she has a thing for invisible men. That's, I thought it was kind of cool. And it comes full circle for her. Now her career is complete. <laughs> exactly. Which would be a loss because she's a fine actress. That too. How strange. <laughs> God. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to start with a question. <clears throat> because it has to do with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not plot related. And I have started a, a file all onto itself. Because I've got file a file for the notes for this show. But I've got a whole file just for WandaVision now of theories and people who need to show up. As he should. <clears throat> like, uh, oh, I don't know. I think Michael Fassbender needs to show up next. Yeah. As, which, as, oh, look, Dad. Which, by the way, at some point, we're going to talk about a spoiler for WandaVision. And it came out at this, by the time you hear this, maybe three or four days ago. So you should have watched it. But spoiler alert at some point, and we'll repeat that. <clears throat> well, I'll start with with the, the weird question. Mm-hmm. I heard originally it was an eight-episode series. Mm. Have, have you heard that as well? No, I don't remember that. Okay, because but I found someone has listed episode nine, and I went, hang on a minute. <laughs> there, there's an extra episode. Of course, I you can heard list that. episodes easily because it was on a web, one of those websites where it said, hey, here's something, uh, some news about it, and here's the schedule for when it comes out. Yeah, it comes out on Fridays. Hello, have you not paid attention so far? But it, it went up to episode nine, which is not hard to figure out. I kind of went, hang on a minute. I do recall, though, that they decided to do a bonus episode. Now, I don't know if that's accurate, that they decided to do a bonus episode after they planned it. But it does say nine episodes, doesn't it? And I have got... <clears throat> I went through every magic character in the Marvel universe and decided who needs to be introduced during this series. And I'm not going to go through the whole list because it's, it's, it's ridiculous. That's a long long. list. Yeah. But I am going to mention that I I think it would be nice to have uh, Gemma Chan Mm -hmm. and Anya Taylor joy show up at some point (laughs) because those, uh, and Anya Taylor-Joy played Magic in the New Mutants movie. Oop, a tie-in. Gemma Chan plays Cersei, who does magical-type stuff in the Eternals. Mm-hmm. And that's who she's playing in the upcoming Eternals movie. Tie-in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can do a lot of stuff. <clears throat> you can. Um, Doctor Doom has got a magic, big magic thing going on. Absolutely. Introduce Doom in the middle of this. Yeah, they're not going to waste Doom on WandaVision. But some of the other stuff would be very cool. Have Talisman show up. Now, the question is, which Talisman? Is it the one from Contest of Champions or either one of the ones from Alpha Flight? <laughs> I was I was talking with my daughter, Kate. Hi, Kate. Uh, last, last night about the fact that... Was it was in a... pre-pro? Hi, Ted. Yeah, it was actually pre-pro, as it turned out. 
that, uh, you know, there's rumor that, oh, there's going to be, not a rumor, actually, that Elizabeth Olsen said that, oh, you know, that big cameo that was in The Mandalorian in their finale, we have a really big cameo, too. No, and a lot of and a lot of talk was like, oh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And for some reason, a lot of people said, oh, could it be Doctor Strange? Like it was going to be a surprise. It's like, how is that a surprise? They've announced like two years ago that this ties into the Doctor Strange movie. So <coughs> Benedict Cumberbatch would not be a surprise popping up in this movie. And no, he didn't pop oh. up in episode five. Somebody else did. But to that point, no one would be as big as the finale cameo of Mandalorian season two because there's no one that big in the marvel universe so yeah that was kind of overselling it but it was oh, an come interesting on, if Bucky shows up <laughs> yeah there there is no it, yeah that it's a cool cameo and i like it but it's hardly unexpected because in pre-pro you and i mentioned that we had talked about this how long ago Oh geez, I I mentioned it at least a year ago that yeah. hey look who's been shown on cat on on the set yeah exactly so wasn't exactly a big surprise it's cool I'm not minimizing it but them or I should say it wasn't Marvel because it was the actress saying it's like oh this is gonna be awesome it is awesome but no it's not as big as the Mandalorian thing just yes. saying what would have been cool and it goes back to kate is because we're talking about magical characters like you said and she said it'd be cool if dr fate showed up and i was like yes that would that, be a big that surprise would be, that would be a surprise because as she pointed out because she knows yeah that's the wrong that, that, that's wrong company <laughs> that might piss off a few people <laughs> john constantine we already know yes. he's playing him yeah, so constantine not? exactly it's like, oh, that'd be now that would be a surprise, Miss Ol Miss Olson. That would be a surprise. See, actually, but, I can't actually after I came up with the Michael Fassbender as Magneto showing up because uh spoiler, I guess, Magneto is the father of Wanda <laughs> and Pietro. Spoil spoiler for spoiler from 1963. Yeah, like that that's kind of an old spoiler. But um what I was thinking is take that a little <laughs> bit farther. Mm -hmm. because it turns out that Wanda is the one doing all this, but she's being controlled by Mastermind, who is a guy who could create illusions to control people, but Magneto is controlling Mastermind. You've already got Pietro there, so all you need is Blob to show up, and you've got the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants original lineup. Just about there. There we go. And I'm, 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 I'm actually pushing for Brian Malonis. <laughs> if you don't know who that is, he's a wrestler. He already kind of looks like Fred J. Duke's alias, The Blob. Blob. I mean that in a good way, and you don't want to face him in a wrestling ring because he's actually terrifying. Just the concept of him going, I'm going to sit on you now. No, don't. Um, or worse, I'm going to eat you. And that, and that one name you mentioned, again, this, we were back in the spoilers, that was actually spoiled about two weeks ago because the gentleman who voices a particular character who shows up in episode five for the Spanish language version decided to blab, oh, I'm playing this character in WandaVision. And everyone went, hang on a minute, what? Two weeks ago, which I hadn't heard about. But Disney said, guess who's not voicing that character anymore? You, buddy. They fired him. <laughs> and Whoops. So someone else is now playing the voice of that character moving forward in WandaVision. So, yeah, interesting. Um, which is also odd because I they 
probably fired him the moment they found out about it, which means maybe it takes them a while to do the dubbing or they're just pulled. If, you know, the, just the logistics of it. When did he voice the character? When was he voicing the character for episodes moving forward? Uh, because if he'd already done it, then did they just pull those tracks and they're putting him, the new character in the new, you know, obviously it's been shot, but when is Honestly, it that wouldn't be that hard to do, but it no, would, I it mean, wouldn't. it could be done in like a day, mm-hmm. but I just wonder when all of this actually went down since everything is shot, obviously, but when do they do the dubbing? Interesting, interesting question, but dude, why would you do that? Why would you not sit on the information for a lousy two weeks? Which well, he was out walking around doing what you could call a dubstep. <laughs> uh, yeah, without pay now. To, he started dancing at the same time, and that just doesn't work very well. What an idiot. So anyway, uh, some upcoming movie news, of which there is quite a bit, and I'll admit, a lot of it that I heard this week doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm going to start with the Uno movie. That's right. They're making and, and see if this makes anything resembling sense. The Uno movie is a live action heist comedy set in Atlanta's hip hop community. What the hell does that have to do with the card game Uno? Mm, I well, uh, honestly, I'm trying you, to put that together and I can't. Couldn't, couldn't you put Uno in any setting? I mean, it's a freaking card game. Yeah, but but <laughs> It's a live-action heist comedy. Yeah. Well, I'm exactly sure how you're going to make a movie of Uno anyway, so I guess however they make it, they I, make it. I don't get it. Uh, something that they may or may not be making is another Buck Rogers. Or if they are, they might be making two. Because Legendary Entertainment and George Clooney had allegedly uh, put together a TV reboot of the series that does not mean George Clooney is Buck Rogers. Right. I'm just saying he's attached to it somehow. But the family that's in charge of the rights for Buck Rogers said, hang on a minute, we're planning our own thing. You can't do it. Lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. How funny. So I'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date as this progresses, <laughs> but it's very odd. It is odd. It could be fun. A, a new Buck Rogers series. Um, let's see. Selma Hayek is in the news and this, this is going to be a bit of a weird one. Uh, she's apparently got together with, uh, well, actually it's her company, apparently Ventra Rosa productions. And they're making a TV series out of Leslie Lair's novel, a boobs life. Where. A woman in her 40s named Leslie, hmm, uh, she turns 40 and is in midlife crisis and everything, and her boobs spontaneously gain sentience and start talking to her. <sighs> Frankly, you know, that sounds like a better idea than the Uno movie. I, well, that, that's true. Look who's talking now. No, that's... And it sounds like a terrible idea. You know, if you guys have run out of stuff, I've got some stories. <laughs> I really, and they're, I mean, it, it, I'm not objecting to watching Selma Hayek's boobs talk to me for a while. Although I suspect that's going to be something that's frowned upon during the show. Um, 
Yeah, you know what? I'm leaving that one alone. I'm I'm not touching that. Ha 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 ha! Well played. <clears throat> Moving on to uh, well, Whoopi Goldberg, who I heard, and I'm I'm I, I had to listen to this a few times to make sure I got it right. Whoopi is working to get the original cast of Sister Act back together for a third film. Now, this fil- the the second one was filmed. 30 something years ago and they were old then I'm going to go out on a limb and say you need a Ouija board to get the all of the original cast back together for this film (laughs) I have not looked it up I could be wrong they could still be around I'm not going to hold my breath Mm, I wouldn't advise that now Um, you know I'm sure she realizes not everyone is going to be there Uh, good for Whoopi um I thought Sister Act was funny. Didn't ever even watch Sister Act 2, so go for it, sister. (laughs) Uh, There's a thing. Okay, and another one back from the 80s. Young Guns 3. And they've apparently got Emilio Estevez back, which makes me think, nope, Old Guns. I was going to say, surely they'll have the sense to call it Old Guns because that would actually be funny and accurate. Yeah, I'm there with that, but really, do we? I don't know that we needed. Do we need Young Guns too? I don't even remember watching either of those. I remember Young Guns. uh, Oh, I remember the movie. I remember who's you know you got your Emilio Estevez and your Kiefer Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips and everything. But it'd be cool to see him with how those characters are. And Gil Grissom, seven hundred years later. That's sad that you remember that. Despite the fact I don't remember ever actually watching any of the movies. But <laughs> hey. Uh, anyways, uh, speaking of... This is a horrible segue. Speaking of old guns, we actually lost someone this week that both of us liked. Yes, we did. Um, Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Um, uh, I, I honestly have never seen The Sound of Music, nor am I going to start now. Um Watch but it I right do remember now. him as, as uh, General Chang in Star Trek VI. So, does that count? Totally counts. He okay. is a, a terrific actor. Um, yeah, so this is a a bigger loss in some ways than when we, you know, all these great titans of the film industry pass on because he was still working. Yeah. He, he was just in Knives Out last year. Or, sorry, two years ago at this point. I forgot, 2021. And he's terrific in it. Um, an excellent actor, very broad range. Like you mentioned, he plays the captain in The Sound of Music, just this stern yet romantic figure. And God, uh, just so many roles. Uh, I actually watched a film, which I will be reviewing later, a Christopher Plummer film from late in his career, just came out 2015. He's excellent in that, but actually saw him on stage, and this is a few decades ago, and just with some other little-known guy named James Earl Jones uh, in, in Othello. James Earl Jones playing Othello, and Christopher Plummer was Iago, and Ooh. Jesus, talk about an acting class. And it was a road show. This was in Orlando, and they, were, they went on the road with their show because they had been on Broadway doing Othello, and there they are. And it's like, holy crap. Not like I got to meet them backstage or anything like that. That would have been beyond awesome. But good God, 
Um, James Earl Jones obviously is like, you can imagine the stage presence the guys, the guy has considering the film presence he has. Right. I mean, just, he just devours the stage drastically, except when Christopher Plummer was on with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. A a perfect balance there. I mean, an amazing actor, absolutely tremendous and could easily play an extremely likable, lovable, happy character and could play just an absolutely chilling bastard. Uh, I remember him as uh, Sherlock Holmes in Murder by Degree, which is a... I was going to mention that. Guess who he played? Yeah. Like, well, it, it, although that's not really a uh, a thing, because I think everybody's played him at some point. Yeah. Yeah, and he could have... And in Murder by Degree, he could have played the villain equally well. And that was one of the excellent things about Plummer. Just uh, great personality, great absolutely great actor so again i'll get to the film later one of his more recent films that i guarantee you not many people have seen which is a shame because he's absolutely terrific in it surprise so he has passed um considering he was 91 you can't exactly say well it's tragic because he's 91 and he was still working and still happy so duh but yeah just an absolutely terrific actor. So that is a loss for sure. That's really all I've got for the news. Did you want to go ahead and do the review of his movie? Sure. Why not? You may not remember the movie called Remember. Ha <laughs> ha. See, actually just came out 2015 and definitely a star turned vehicle for, for Christopher Plummer also has another well-regarded actor, similar age, Martin Landau. So they're two buddies living in a facilitated care facility, uh, a nursing home, but a very nice one. And Plummer has uh, dementia. His character has dementia. Zev, who uh, he happily tells someone means wolf. It's Hebrew for wolf. And his wife has passed away. He and because he has dementia, he doesn't quite recall that at times. Then he gets together with a friend, and a friend, his friend, played by Landau, Max, gives him, hands him this letter and tells him, okay, that you had promised your wife, you had promised Ruth that you were going to do something uh, after she passed, and you had promised me you're going to do this. And it turns out that he and his friend, Max, had done some research, mainly Max, and they'd found that. There is a survivor of Auschwitz who was the commandant of Auschwitz, and he is hiding in America under another name. And both he and Max were at Auschwitz, Auschwitz too. So this dude happened to kill their families. So Max, because Max has had a stroke and Max isn't really able to get around, um, he's asking Zev, and Zev had promised to find this guy and kill him because... The research had been done, but they can't, they, no one could prove that one of the four names on the list was the actual guy. They, they all have the same four names. They didn't, whoever it was assumed this identity, and he has to go find the right one. So he goes off on this cross-country tour trying to find the guy. Now, he's in his 90s in the film, and he was like 85, I believe, when he did it. So he's, he's old, or he's 80, whatever. He's an old feller. And he has dementia, so he has struggles. Uh, So it's a character study, and it's a road trip, 
and it's a mystery all at the same time as he finds one after another. Obviously, he doesn't find him with the first one because that would be a weird movie, right? And then he goes and finds the other three just for kicks. So the first one he finds, obviously, not on him. So he goes on and tries to find the right one and has a few confrontations along the way. In the meantime, because he's disappeared, his son is trying to track him down. So that's very much in the background, but it, it comes up and it's more important later on in the film. So you have this mystery of can he find the right one? Will he find the right one? Will something awful happen to him because he doesn't even know where he is a few times? Uh, but mainly, and Landau doesn't have a big part. He's in yeah, fairly often, and, and Landau's terrific, but he probably has 15 minutes of screen time. This is Plummer's show, and he is uh, absolutely terrific, absolutely terrific, uh, you know, portraying this this guy who's on a mission, who has to remind himself of what his mission is at times by looking at his letter, uh, just the things he goes through to try to find, um, you know, the, the person that he wants to kill to bring him to justice because they're not going to try to just call the cops once they find him. He's just going to kill him. And he is not a violent person at all. So it, it's a really good mystery, a really good drama, and easily one of his best performances, although I don't know how many best performances are there of Christopher Plummer. A dozen, two dozen, 50. But yeah, he's just terrific in this. So you can find this on various streaming services, um, but absolutely... Highly recommend Remember, Canadian film. Just came out six years ago. Just terrific work. Which, I'll admit, I did not remember to see it. <laughs> uh, I'm just, actually, I'm not sure I remember hearing about it, but that's okay. I've got something to do this afternoon. Yay! Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> um, let's see, where did, did you want to do your other ones too, or do you want me to go ahead and do mine? I don't care at this point. Well, do we Look want how to talk organized about... we are today? Yeah, really. We didn't have prepo. Hi, Ted. I guess. <clears throat> uh, did we want to talk a little bit about WandaVision, like in depth about that particular episode? Or we can do that if you'd like. Yeah, it kind of ties in with mine, so we'll start with WandaVision. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Episode. It was five. good. There we are. We're done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stuff happened. Meanwhile, in the movies this week. <laughs> One division is moving more and more into the mainstream MCU universe, which was probably helpful for, for most people. But yeah, um, there were a lot of people who saw one, two, and three and went, Yeah, I don't get it. I don't want it. And then they watched episode four and went, Oh, I get it. Okay. So episode five, and if you haven't seen any of WandaVision, please watch WandaVision. And do not do not skip the first three episodes because that would be crazy. Because even though they're a little out there, they, yeah, you need to see them. But yeah, episode five continues the investigation. They, they're figuring out more about what exactly is going on in the hex, as Darcy helpfully calls it. Ha ha, nice throw, throw out to Wanda's powers. So yeah, that's that's what they're called. They they were called her hex powers in the books. Yep, so exactly. So basically, they they they're just finding more information out, and we're getting uh, more background information on Monica Rambeau, which is excellent. Uh, and yeah, we're liking her a lot. Although I 
<clears throat> I'm wondering if they are going to end up making her uh, the Captain Marvel that she ended up being in the books. Yeah, it'd be interesting if she'll be. I mean, we know that's where they're headed. It'd just be interesting to see if if she's Captain Marvel by the end of this arc. I'm picturing not because I I'm I'm imagining they'll save that for the second season. Hopefully, we get a second season, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. Because, but this is really just going to launch. This is really relaunching all of the next phase, anyway. So, we'll, yeah. we'll see where it all goes. But yeah, at some point she will be another Captain Marvel, which will be terrific, and we'll get more information on exactly what kind of an organization Sword is. Because right now they seem like they're kind of run by a bunch of dicks. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Be very well, very uh... very cool. If I recall correctly, it ends up being run by Norman Osborn. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see if that happens. That, that's that in would the books. Be... I don't know if it's in the series or not. Right, exactly. That'd be very cool if that's the case. Um, but yeah, Vision is starting to figure things out. Not entirely, but he's starting to figure things out. And Wanda knows that he's starting to figure things out. And Wanda doesn't admit want to admit what's going on. But Wanda totally knows most of what's going on. Although she's not sure why certain things aren't are happening that she is not controlling because she thought she was controlling everything. And turns out she ain't, as you said earlier. There's something about a cameo. Yeah. Someone who pops up who, duh, they basically told us that was going to happen in episode four because they dropped a pretty big hint and it wasn't Doctor Strange. So... But, the, yeah, the one interesting thing, and since the actor was noticed on set, how many years ago was this? Uh, not exactly surprising that it was this actor. Uh, one thing that I am not ruling out is that we might see the other actor later in another episode. <laughs> I would not be a bit surprised to see that happen, too. I have heard that. It's going to be going to be interesting, I think. Because there's no reason it can't be both. Because right. Wanda, Wanda or someone is creating this. So I think that would be very, very cool. Uh, considering that we've seen Wanda be pregnant and then give birth in one episode, which was basically in one day in the show. A lot of weird things can happen in this show. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see uh, another actor pop up to portray this character. So uh, It's not going to be Brian Malonis, though. No, I'm, God, that would be a little weird. So, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't quite fit the character, but yeah. And I personally, I would like to see that. If if they're going with one or the other, I like the actor they chose because, frankly, I think he's better. I think he fits the role. I like the way he played the role better, and yeah, that's direction and all the rest of it too. But I just like the actor better anyway. So, same here. But you know what? While we're talking about Marvel movies and stuff. I want to take us back to the movie that kicked off the MCU, even though it's not part of the MCU. The TV version of Captain America? Oh, my God. Uh, why, no, actually. I'm going <laughs> back to the 1998 movie Blade. Nice. Which <clears throat> a lot of people haven't realized yet. That's a Marvel movie. And for all the people who... Uh, I, I, and I loved this when Black Panther was coming out. They said, "Oh, you can't do a superhero movie with a black superhero lead. That'll never work." And everyone went, "Do you remember Blade about fifteen years ago?" 
it did pretty good. There's a black guy in charge. Ooh. Um, but I went back and watched Blade, which, like I said, came out in 98, which is 23 years ago. It's old enough to drink now. Um, <clears throat> Blade. Blood. <laughs> it holds up remarkably well, actually. Uh, even the computer stuff, because the only time you really get a glimpse of the computers, it's running a program that you're not recognizing anyway. There is one brief glimpse of Windows 95. Who cares? Yeah. It's, it's a brief glimpse and it doesn't matter. Um, a lot of the complaints about the movie then were the computer generated graphics. Oh, they they would look so much better using today's CGI. No, they, they really wouldn't. Um, <laughs> they would look a bit more finished, but they would still be do using them in the same way. And if you go back to 98, at the time, they were revolutionary. So, hey, stick with it. Um, if Oh, by the way, plot, you want a plot? Fine. Blade, he's a half-vampire guy who hunts vampires. It's Buffy, only considerably more... Good. Grown up? Better? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, there are a couple minor inconsistencies to it. Like, there's a chamber that Blade gets trapped in where it's supposed to get hit by lightning, and it does. But he was taken out of it in the previous scene, and it was moved over there. But when the lightning strikes, it's back where it used to be, and it's closed again. And you go, really? Okay. <laughs> Oops. Um, minor inconsistency. Um, there's a thing where the... The female lead of the movie, I guess, gets bit and she has a lot of blood drained from her. And then all of a sudden she's in a fight scene because she can recover quickly. Really? That's that's clever of her. Um, and the fat vampire named Pearl. That was unnecessary because I thought all of a sudden they cast someone as Mojo. And put <laughs> in a Blade movie and Mojo is a character that never should have existed in the books, much less should ever appear on a screen somewhere. That would be terrifying. Um, it just didn't work. But for for the most part, Blade was a very good movie. To the point that it spawned a sequel called Blade 2. Because that's I'm, original. I'm that. um, this one, let's see, how to phrase this one. The plot for it. Blade has to make a truce with the vampires because something new has arrived. And it's killing off the vampires and they're scared of it more than they are of him. But he can take care of both of them or something. Anyway, Blade teams up with a special a vampire special forces team that was designed to take Blade out. Hmm. So tension there. Anyway, they're put together to take out the new threat. And the first half of the movie is really good. Lots of fight scenes, lots of choreography, lots of there's some horror aspects to it. And it might even be better than the first movie. Then you get to the second half. <laughs> and it's not as much. Uh, they just got in over their heads, I think, plot-wise. And they made some poor decisions. Um, although, there was one poor decision made during the opening credit sequence. Where Blade is getting ready to go hunt vampires, so he's taking his twirly boomerang blades and putting them in his coat and his putting on his coat and he's getting his sword and putting that in the scabbard on his back. And we see a reflection of blade 
uh, through his shades that are sitting on a table that he walks over and picks up, except he's already wearing shades when he picks the ones up off the table. So I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> he's, he's, he's wearing rock- two, two pair. He's Robert Stack in Airplane. That that could be it, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm being nitpicky. Maybe he's really not wearing them and it's just a thing. I don't know. I think my big issue with this movie was, was, and I'll explain this in a minute because it's not exactly as big an issue, was that Donnie Yen was part of the vampire group. Now, here's my problem with it. He has no lines and one kick before he's killed off screen. Now that's an issue. That That's an issue. That That is a complete waste of Donnie Yen. And like I said, that was my big issue until I was, you know, fast forwarding through the credits like you do these days. And I noticed something. Donnie Yen was the martial arts choreographer for the movie. Ah, that makes sense. That explains why the martial arts seem to be so much better in this one than they were in the first one. And they were good in the first one. Yeah, they are good. And better in the second, even if the plot did let us down at the end. And the fact that Donnie Yen had, who is an excellent actor. I love that. Listen to the past, what, month and a half of shows. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of Donnie Yen. I've been on a Donnie Yen kick of lately, and I love (laughs) the guy, but. You kill him off like this? Anyway, Blade 2 did a great job to the point that they spawned a sequel. Blade 3. And no. <laughs> Just no. Look, I watched the first one for, I guess, kind of for Black History Month. Actually, I watched it because it was a good movie, but I'm going to piggyback the Black History Month thing onto it so it makes our show sound topical and on point and everything. There you go. That's a lie. I watched it because it's a good movie. Uh, I watched two because Donnie Yen was in it, and I didn't remember him having that big a part, and I was right. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Three, no. Three has Triple H in it. Triple H is uh, the professional That's... wrestler Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who That's... is the most overrated wrestler ever. Now, apart from... Quite, quite possibly. Apart from any squash match, squash, squash matches he's had Sasquatch. against like local rented talent, it's Triple H versus Steve from down at the corner. Any of those. Steve is probably better. I cannot recall ever, ever where he won a match without using a sledgehammer, a chair, a table, a ladder. Uh, China, the wrestler, not the country of the dishes. HBK, X-Pac, whatever. He can't yeah. win on his own. It annoys the crap out of me. His character pisses me off. And that's the wrestler. So the less he's on my TV, the better. So you know what? I'm not watching Blade 3. I did before, and I vaguely remember Ryan Reynolds being in it. And it still kind of sucked. So you know what? Blade (laughs) 3, skip it. Wait for Maharaja. Damn it, what's his name? The Maharaja of Ali. I'm mispronouncing the first name. I apologize. I'm going to call him Mr. Ali, which is probably going to piss some Muhammad Ali fans off. But there we go. Wait for his version to come out. Call that Blade 3 if you want. There you go. Three reviews fairly quickly. I heard you've got two left, though. But they're the same movie. But they're not the same movie. I have two left. They're not the same movie, but they're about the same person who made movies. So back 
in 2011, someone got a wild hair and thought, you know, it'd be cool. Let's make a movie about Alfred Hitchcock. So in the funny thing is someone else did too. So in 2012, two maybe two movies came out about Alfred Hitchcock from a very similar time frame, but they're not telling the same story except kind of they are. So 2012, a film called Hitchcock comes out a month after a movie. A movie called The Girl, which is hard to find because it'll pop up a million times because it's a pretty generic title. This is actually on came out on HBO originally in the US. So I'll talk about Hitchcock first, even though it came out a little bit later, because historically the, the events they're talking about happened first in Hitchcock. So Hitchcock is about the filming of Psycho and the relationship between Hitchcock and his wife Alma, Alma Reville, who basically was his writer for like almost all of his movies for next to forever and got very little credit at the time. So Hitchcock, uh, most film buffs know was a little bit obsessed with his lead actresses who were typically always blonde and he carried on this obsession all the time. So he's going to make this little film called psycho, which the studios didn't want to make because, uh, this was pretty groundbreaking for 1960. What? You want to make a movie about what? Uh, no, we're not going to do that. You want to show what? No, we're not going to do that. So he said, fine, I'll make it myself. So he basically funded a movie himself and still had a lot of battles with the distributors and censors and everything else and some battles with his wife, which is really what the movie is about because he had a bit of an infatuation with his lead actress, Janet Lee, because she's pretty and blonde. And that was Hitchcock's Sambo. Uh, not a great movie, but a very good movie, especially for watching the actors. Anthony Hopkins plays Hitchcock. Anthony Hopkins can act a little bit, so he's pretty damn good. Helen Mirren plays his wife. Pretty good actress. Definitely worth watching. Scar Scarlett Johansson plays Janet Leigh. And excellent. So really good character study just on Hitch was a little odd and a little obsessive and kind of treated his wife like shit until she kind of stood up and said, yeah, this sucks. And then he admitted that, oh, wow, I'm completely screwed without you. So about the making of the film and about the relationship. Now let's jump to The Girl, which again came out a little bit before. The Girl is about Hitchcock's next movie, though. This is about his relationship with Tippi Hedren, who starred for him in The Birds. So the birds was his big follow-up. He was like pumped about this. This is going to be even bigger than psycho. It wasn't, but it was very, very popular. And he needed an actress because Janet Lee said, yeah, no. And decided to cast Tippi Hedren, who at the time was a model, not an actress. So it's about the coaching of Tippi Hedren in basically teaching her how to act. It's about the filming of the birds. It's about how horribly he treated her in the filming of the birds. And it's about his weird obsession with Tippi Hedren, which apparently, and not just from the film, but apparently from any sources you see, he was a little bit more obsessed with Miss Hedren than he was with any of his previous actresses. And he was obsessed with them too. And again, they interplay with his wife, Alma. So in this one, Toby Jones plays Hitchcock. Toby Jones, also an excellent actor. 
physical resemblance is stronger with Toby Jones and than Hopkins to Hitchcock. Uh, they're both wearing fat suits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I could not choose between the two performances. They're both excellent. Absolutely excellent. Uh, Sienna Miller plays Tippi Hedren in this. And this one probably goes a little over the top with the reality of it. I mean, even Tippi Hedren, when this came out, said, yeah, it wasn't quite that bad. So, but they're both based on books by a biographer, Donald Spoto. Two different books, but they're both based on books by the same author, which is interesting. Um, so this one goes a little bit over the top. It's a little more dramatized, perhaps, than Hitchcock. But they're both very good films. Um, totally worth watching just for the acting more than perhaps the overall film. I mean, they're both good. They're not Neither one, I would say, is great. But they have great acting in them. Uh, Sienna Miller, there are some scenes where she absolutely nails Tippi Hedren's. I mean, if you just close your eyes, you'd probably be helpful to watch The Birds or Marnie. Uh, but you'd swear it was Tippi Hedren. She sounds exactly like her. And with the intonation and the pattern and everything else, it's, it's kind of spooky. Uh, so excellent job by Santa Miller in this. But if you, if you watch The Girl, and I hope you do, because it's good. It's, it's on HBO, blah, blah, blah. Hitchcock is available on Cinemax. So one way or another, you can catch it. Or maybe on HBO Max. Ha-ha. But... So don't so take the girl with a large grain of, with a, like a shaker of salt, because apparently Hitchcock wasn't quite this bad, but it's pretty terrifying and not for the scenes in the birds. It's terrifying in the way that Hitchcock in the film treated Hedron and the amount of power. And, and I'm sure this is why they did this. And remember this is in 2012. This is long before, long before the movement and speaking truth to power and getting rid of people who abuse their power in the film industry and, and everywhere. But so I would say it speaks more to a greater truth as far as the amount of power that directors or producers wield in, in Hollywood and the things that they think they can require of actresses and in some cases actors. So both films are really good. Hitchcock is a little more about the battle of wills between Hitchcock and his wife, Alma, and making a psycho. Whereas the girl is more about the battle of wills between Hitchcock and his lead actress, and then the making of the birds and Marnie. So, and as the post credits blurb says, uh, Marnie was basically, is basically acknowledged as Hitchcock's last great film. And I'm not even sure if it's acknowledged as a great film, but it's certainly acknowledged as his last big film. After that, the returns got smaller and smaller. Uh, he made good films after after Marnie, but never made a great film after Marnie. And Tippi Hedren basically said, yeah, I'm done with this and quit acting. Not like immediately, but never worked with Hitchcock again for very good reasons. So both Hitchcock and The Girl. Definitely recommend both of those. So that's what, six movies this week, and we're recommending five of them. Not too bad. <clears throat> Good batting average. Yes, avoid Blade 3. Next week, we've got something very odd. Uh, <laughs> the new Studio Ghibli movie, because we both said, you said you were going to do it this week. I said, no, wait till next week. I haven't seen it yet, but it's cued. Earwig and the Witch, 
from Studio Ghibli. We're going to take a look at that and see how that goes. And I hope you're with us next week because the alternative is you're not with us. And hopefully that's not a COVID related thing because that would be bad. That would be very bad. It still exists. We've given you what five really good options. That's one for every weekday. And yeah, I guess you're on your own for Saturday. You'll be fine. Just remember to stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Dorn, that's the end.